Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Sipping codeine cause I gotta kill the cold. Let me sit sideways in the big bins. Oh, you boys, they my brothers, they my friends. The game may be over, but they are just getting started. Raw and unfiltered, this is the OU Insider staff, and this is the Under the Visor postgame podcast. Welcome, welcome to another OU Insider Under the Visor Sooners postgame podcast. My name is Brandon Drum. I'm here with Parker Thune, and we are live on I-35, except for we are actually in a motel room, or not a motel. We don't want to stay in motels. Those are gross. We are staying in a hotel room on I-35, the wonderful Crown Plaza, right north of downtown Dallas, where... The Oklahoma Sooners made quite possibly one of the greatest OU Texas comebacks of all time. Well, uh, there's no, there's no quite possibly, and there's no one of the Brandon. This oh, was by every measure I'm the greatest comeback. Hey, I would say, look, definitely the greatest comeback in OU Texas history. First time in Texas football history that they've ever blown a 21 point lead. And obviously the largest lead that Oklahoma has ever overcome to win in this series. But also there are a lot of people saying on social media and elsewhere that this might be the greatest comeback in OU program history. And I think all things considered, there's there's a case. There's a case. There is a case, but you want to know what? Here's the deal. I still, as good as this comeback was, it's hard for me to ever forget Waco. What happened in Waco was pretty amazing. Everybody, you got to, but but again, we're we're a creature of, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? You just you favor nostalgia. Well, not just nostalgia, but I think majority of people, you know, favor oh what's happening presently. Um, you know, we're what's the, what is the phrase I'm looking for? I'm drawing a blank here. As uh, far as you know, anyways, you you get what I'm saying. Uh, we like what's going on right now, 
and that is, uh, I can't disagree that this was an amazing comeback because, it, and, and it might possibly be as far as how meaningful it was, but people tend to also forget Waco. That was for the top in the Big 12 conference as well. So yes, and they're both was. top 15 teams. Well, look, Brandon. There's a rivalry said, and Caleb Williams. Can we, we haven't even talked about that. That's just unbelievable. Well, we're two minutes in and we're finally getting <laughs> to get the get, stuff that we should be. Buried the lead. Hey, we Caleb really Williams did bury the good lead. good at football. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I said all week leading up to this game that there was absolutely no way that the game was going to live up to what we saw last year. Not only did it live up to it, Brandon, oh, it, it drastically it. exceeded it. And that's hard to do because you're we, talking about a four-overtime game. We have been treated to the two unquestionable, unquestionably the greatest games in the history of this series in back-to-back seasons. I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want to throw one more out there to you that is with this game with OU Texas. Well, two more. 2018 was just unreal. That's it, true. It literally, three of the last four games have been just phenomenal games. And then 1996 OU Texas. When OU won an overtime, <clears throat> overtime on the James Allen touchdown run? The year after, or it was 97. It was 97, excuse me, because 96, he gets stuffed at the line in the fourth quarter and OU loses. 97, he comes back the very next year and runs the exact same play on the exact same yard line, but in overtime, and he gets past Stonewall. And the rest is history. OU won their first game. Texas was a top 25 team. They were 0-4 with John Blake that year. And speaking of deja vu, we'll come back to that in a little while because there was a lot of deja vu in this game there was. on multiple fronts. Yes. But look... Caleb Williams just delivered what is likely the greatest single game performance in the history of this series in terms of its magnitude, hmm. in terms of its. I mean, we're talking about a kid that entered this game. Marcus Dupree's freshman year? Number one versus number two? <sighs> or were, were they number Marcus one? Dupree. Were they number one? Was that. Were they number one, number two that year? I can't remember. No, because Listen, they lost earlier in the year to Stanford. If I regardless, this game and this opportunity, this moment, mm. the fact that Caleb Williams had the chance to do this at all is remarkable because Oklahoma needed to start the game exceedingly poorly. Mm -hmm. They needed to get off on the wrong foot. Spencer Rattler needed to turn the ball over a couple times, and Oklahoma needed to get all the way on their heels before mm -hmm. Lincoln Riley was ever going to think about turning over the reins to a true freshman with four snaps of meaningful football at the collegiate level to his credit. Yeah. In the on the biggest stage arguably in the country when it when you're talking about regular season games. Yeah, you need to accentuate meaningful cuz people are going to well he played a lot of other games. No, he played in that when they were up by a lot and Oklahoma came in. Yeah, obviously he, you yeah. saw him quite a bit in the Western Carolina game, but right. I'm thinking what one snap against or two snaps against Tulane? Correct. Two snaps against Nebraska. Uh, one snap against Nebraska. He only had. Three did he get a snap against Nebraska? Was he it had Nebraska? two against no, Kansas State? Sorry, Kansas State. No, but he had one against uh, game one against Tulane. Tulane. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's right. But so oh, the, the another game, another single game, digit. Another game that I would argue is up there is 1984. The Keith Stansberry 
He was in by three yards, interception, and he slides out of bounds when it's soaking wet. That was number one versus number two. Oklahoma wins on the interception. They get to kick a field goal to tie the ball game up. That was 1984, number one versus number two, and they tied the ball game up in that year. Okay, I'll rephrase. This no, is no, no, no. You you made a good phrase. I just wanted to say that there's going to be some old guys out there that are going to argue. Your yeah, point yeah. Which yet, is so. why I I yeah. will I I stand by what I said, but I will rephrase <laughs> to make it a little I'm bit not more. Dying on the, I'm dying yeah. on this holy hill. <laughs> I want this to appease everyone's palate. So, I think Caleb Williams' performance today. 300 total yards, two touchdowns, and highlight real play after highlight real play in the first really significant moment of his collegiate career. And it comes in OU, Texas, with OU in a massive hole. I think this is the most memorable single-game performance that we have seen in an OU, Texas contest for quite some time. Because we will... Look, just by virtue of... The fact that this game had everything that you can possibly ask for in an, an outstanding college football contest and a, an outcome for the ages, just by virtue of the fact that we're going to be talking about this game for years and years to come, Caleb Williams, his performance today is one that we're going to be talking about for years and years to come because we kind of got the inklings, Brandon, that... Spencer Rattler's leash was growing thin Mm -hmm. on slack. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of the biggest game of the year, at least in terms of regular season football, you got 92,000 screaming fans in the Cotton Bowl. Texas is up 28 to 7. Or what were they up when Caleb came in? They were down by double digits. Uh, they, they, They were facing a substantial deficit. Spencer Rattler fumbles the ball. Lincoln Riley says, "You know what? They were down 17 when he came in. By the way, okay, there yeah, because it was it was uh, they had 14 points, if I remember correctly. Um, it, or they had 14 it was or 35 to 17 is what okay. It was. So 17 points. Okay, yeah. Yep. So or 18. So Caleb we're Williams, journalists. We don't do math very well. People. It, well exactly, exactly. Just leave us alone. Caleb Williams, in terms of his introduction to college football." You know, this is a guy that has five-star talent. We know this. And Brandon and I have long been touting him as potentially the guy that could be the greatest quarterback in the history of the University of Oklahoma when all is said and done. But I don't think anyone would have expected that his introduction to the college football world, obviously Sooner fans know who he is. The rest of the college football landscape, probably pretty unfamiliar with him. And (laughs) trust me, they're certainly, they're certainly not going to be unfamiliar after what happened today. But to play what is essentially your first game as the starting quarterback at Oklahoma, and I know he didn't technically start the game, but he was the guy that was on the field for the vast majority of this contest for the Sooners, taking the right. snaps. And you know, I... That's the other thing, too. I don't think there's a question after today that Caleb Williams is now the starting quarterback at the University of Oklahoma, although Lincoln Riley was hesitant to state that definitively. Oh, my gosh, man. Was he ever? Was he ever? But he keep going because I have something to say about that. To wrap up the thought here, what Caleb Williams did today is incredible by any stretch of the imagination. And that's why 
it's going to live on in sooner lore because obviously this game had everything right whether it was spencer rattler or caleb williams throwing those balls for the sooners this was going to be this was already going to go down in history as one of the greatest contests that we've ever seen in the history of this rivalry series but the fact that caleb williams came in under such adversity while the sooners had absolutely no momentum momentum whatsoever Mm-hmm. And not only played the game of his life, <laughs> but led the Sooners to a win, a win that they had no business getting. Right. Based on their performance in the first half. I, what can you say about this kid and what he accomplished today? It, it it's the stuff of legend. It. That's an understatement. I. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, so obviously in the press box, we've got people that have been around Oklahoma for a long, long time. Okay. And I know some people, you know, when I say the word, the words Dean Blevins and the name Dean Blevins, people, some people roll their eyes for me. It's nostalgia. He's a, he's a friend of mine. He doesn't, he's won a bunch of Emmy Emmys. So you really can't hate on what he's done throughout his career. And he's still, he's just a good guy. Overall, just a good man. And he and I were talking, and I turned around and talked to Al Ashback. And, you know, Al was sitting behind me, Traber's behind me. And I have um, Dean Blevins to my right. Uh, and I'm trying to think of a couple of other guys. But it, regardless, I asked Al and Jim and um, Dean, and I said, guys, Win or lose this ball game right now. What is Caleb Williams' thought in the history of Oklahoma football? Does he live in Sooner lore? And all of them said, without question, this kid doesn't have to do anything else because he's brought them back. He brought them back in a game they looked non-existent in for a good portion of it. And that's the other thing, too is obviously Caleb Williams played tremendous football today, but the energy and the psyche of that football team as a collective unit on the sidelines, yes, the difference Holy was crap. night and day yes. after Caleb Williams went in the game. They looked defeated in that first half. They, they straight up looked defeated. That game was over for all intents and purposes. Well, until he made that run. When he made that run, it changed everything. Exactly. Well, and, and it, it was because of him. Even as he's not the starter, but it's because of him that they made that run. Yes, and that's and his sixty-six yard touchdown run, which came <laughs> on his very first snap of the game, and that was not the point at which he took over for good because Spencer right. Rattler came back in the game. But that was the moment where the Sooners appeared to seize back some of that momentum, mm-hmm. and he kind of figured at that point, oh, okay, I think that made the score twenty-eight to fourteen, if my memory serves me correctly. Right. You kind of figure, okay, well, if Oklahoma gets a stop here. Maybe they go score again before halftime. They get the ball to start the second half, and we could be looking at going back to square one five or six minutes into the third quarter if things break their And way. Oklahoma got good field position the next time. They made a stop, got foot, good field position, only could muster up a field goal. Yeah. But they get the ball again. They start driving down the field with a, with a double pass, right? Uh, it goes Marvin Mims back to Rattler to Jeremiah Hall. Run a couple of, they run it a couple of times. Get another first down. Get inside the plus side of uh, Texas's, and psh, 
Rattler's pressing at that point. I want people to understand he's pressing at that point because he knows that any little thing that he does from this point on because of Caleb Williams' 66-yard run is magnified immensely. And he's pressing, and he's pressing, and he's pressing. And he's trying to find something, and he just was in junk. He looks over to his left, and he sees Jeremiah Hall open. He goes back to throw and just gets walloped and drops the ball. Drops the ball. He's like literally trying to dodge and throw at the same time, which I didn't understand to begin with in junk. Like, why are you not – why are you not – I guess what I'm trying to say is why why did he slide so far up in the pocket? He rolls out all the time. That's the one time he should have rolled out, and he goes slides up in the pocket where everybody's at. Yeah, look, the difference and the reason why Oklahoma was able to rally behind Caleb Williams is because there is a stark discrepancy between the confidence level of those oh two quarterbacks gosh. right now. Caleb Williams was unflappable. That dude looked like nothing was going to get in his way of leading the Oklahoma Sooners to victory today. He, he completed was, a pass, dude, with somebody draped, two guys draped all over him. Now, obviously, it was tipped up to Stogner, but the fact that he had the strength to sit there, Rattler's going down on that. I mean, God bless him. He's just not hes not strong like that. No, and that's, that's one of the things you saw with Caleb Williams, an utter refusal to give up on a play, mm. ever. And look, if... And this is where I give a ton of credit to Caleb Williams because there is so much good that we can talk about from his performance today. But one of the things that he did that I don't know that you will hear anyone else harp on, but that deserves as much praise as anything about his performance, when he ran out of options in the Mm -hmm. pocket, what did he do? He tossed up a 50-50 ball to the best player on the field. Yeah. And Marvin Mims went and got those 50-50 balls the last of which was one of like situationally one of the most ridiculous catches I've ever seen. Now, yes, that was no, it, it might have been one of the most. <laughs> it, was, it was unbelievable, dude. I'm laughing at it because I'm thinking about the the still image they got from the pylon, the pylon cam, where his foot's and like a literally quarter the inch. shoelace is like <laughs> barely draped over the white, and he's got like a quarter inch between his toes and the white line of the out of bounds. And if you haven't seen it, you need to go to Twitter. It's unbelievable. Um, the other, the other thing that was just remarkable about that is he doesn't throw those 50-50 balls, number one, if there's a safety over top. It was one-on-one. It was either Marvin Mims was going to catch it or the ball was either going to sell past him out of bounds or it, there was just – it was going to be an incomplete pass. There wasn't really a lot of downside. There may have been a 15% chance that something negative outside of an incompletion was going to happen there. And it would have taken – you know, something remarkable. The, I think the play people aren't talking about enough is the play where he scoots up in the pocket, slides down the uh, line of scrimmage, looks over at Hazelwood, and throws a no-look laser in between two Texas defenders to Marvin Mims in the corner of the end zone. Did he go no-look on that? He no-looked that son of a oh, dude. Oh, no. I, I got to go back and watch the tape on that because that was – that was a bad snap. At least from, from my Rame, point too. of view, he had to recover from the bad snap. Right. So I'm sitting next to Joey Helmer, Bob Prisabolo, uh, uh, Crittenden. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Jesse Crittenden. Jesse Crittenden. And then I believe it was 
Ryan Abair and all that, we all thought it was a no look because the way he threw it, because he would look like, because Hazelwood is wide open, nobody within 10 yards because everybody's behind him trying to cover the, the line, trying to cover the goal line. And Mims is in the corner just standing there, but there's like this five yard gap in between those two defenders. Yep. He totally could have just thrown it to Hazelwood. Granted, it was third and whatever. I think it was like third and six. Something to that extent inside the 10-yard line. But they had been backed up, so I think it was further than that. Because they just got like a holding or a false start. or I don't remember the whole the play sequences. But he rolls out, goes along the line of scrimmage. Hazelwood's wide open just standing there. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, he's just going to dump it, let Hazelwood make a move. They're going to play for four and go for it on fourth down, and he throws a freaking strike. And it looked like it was no look because it had to have been to freeze him because if he's staring down Mims the whole time, one of those guys is going to make the jump that route. Yeah. Because it seemed like they even were creeping up towards, and I'm people have no idea, but I'm over here like doing the actions, talking to Parker, and – it, I don't know, man. That that was that was a that was a play right there. That was a play. I and and you want to know the other thing is when you kind of knew it was going to be different. Was they run a zone read with him? I think it was play number two. And it was only like a three yard gain. But he ran it and then he spun and he just tripped up over his own feet. And I think at that point the Texas fans were like, "Excuse me, I'm excuse my language." People <laughs> were just like, "Oh shit." This is not going to be very good. Like, we said we want Caleb before the game, which we need to talk about. Yeah, they... <laughs> we need they to talk a, about. They made that their joke on game day. They had the jib camera panning all the Texas fans who were mockingly <laughs> chanting, we want Caleb. Well, guess what? Y'all got Caleb. There needs to be a meme out there that says, before the game, your reaction when you chanted, we want Caleb, your reaction when you realized you finally got, we want Caleb. There needs to be something out there for that, by the way, because oh. it was hilarious. And I think I told you the person I talked to that's close to that situation, just somebody that knows the Williams family and all that stuff basically said, eh, you know, what was the exact words they said? Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. It, and it happened. And it happened. And, and this, folks, is where we say collectively i told you so mm-hmm. <laughs> because listen caleb williams hopefully it's evident by now based on what happened today hopefully it's abundantly clear that caleb williams is every bit as good as advertised brandon and by and i on the field after mm-hmm. the game i actually ran into a couple of our ou insider vip members yeah and they they're go- everywhere today by the way uh-huh. wait thank you all like from Parker and I, thank you because legit. Uh, how many people came up to you? I had like five or six. Several. Yes. Yeah. Several. You guys are awesome. Thank you for coming up and introducing yourselves to us. I love meeting you guys. I was on the phone. <laughs> I was on the phone with my wife and kids, and uh, just hung up. And another person called me, uh, and I was on the phone with them as one of them. And I'm taking my kids down to the uh, down to the field. The last person that came up and talked, but you guys are just. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much, for real. But this this VIP member that I met on the field, he said, 
dang, guys, you better pull up all the receipts from when you said there was a legitimate quarterback competition and that Caleb Williams was good enough to start and that (laughs) Rattler shouldn't take anything for granted because you guys knew what nobody else knew and you were willing to say what nobody else was willing to put out there. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we went to the to. I don't think we went as far as to say there's a quarterback controversy because we knew Rattler was going to start, but we did say the second Caleb Williams gets a chance to make a even a play at the starting job, and he got it. Got even a, a, a even if he got time, a little bit of time with the first team. And you kind of knew like this was the audition. He wasn't relinquishing it, and that's exactly what he did today. He took it and he ran with it. And I, he didn't run with it. He was freaking Usain Bolt <laughs> in a, a hundred meter dash, dude. He was he was eighty eight and out the gate. Literally, he was eighty eight and out the gate today. Yeah. Literally, he well, left 60, no question. But yeah, no still. question as to who the best quarterback in Norman, Oklahoma, is. And. I, well, we even were going up on elevators with Texas fans to the room. That's right. And they were like, dang, man, Williams is 10 times better than Rattler. Yeah. And look, yeah. I don't know if that's. That's hyperbole, that's by the prob- way. That's probably. Look, Not probably. we want to be it's fair to Rattler. hyperbole. Because Rattler's a really, really good quarterback. Yes, he is. But look, one of our, and I'll bring this up, another one of our OU Insider VIP members, and I can't remember offhand who it is or I would cite them, but one of our members said on the boards several weeks back, Oklahoma is a quarterback away from having a college football playoff caliber team. I think it was sooner red zone, to be honest with you. And whoever it was, it may have been whoever it was. They were exactly right Mm -hmm. because folks, I think it's pretty clear. Look, and absolutely no disrespect to Spencer Rattler at all. But I think it's pretty clear after today what this Oklahoma team has been missing. And it is the it factor that Caleb Williams has at the quarterback position. We saw big mm. plays from Oklahoma, Brandon. We haven't seen big plays all year. No, it it, it was it was a uh, man. I I still can't get the 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 fourth and one, and he just takes it to the house, dude. Like how often does that happen? And he was he was dead. Was to it fourth rights. or third and one? It was no, fourth. it was fourth and one. Yeah. And he was dead to rights behind the line of scrimmage for a two yard loss. Shakes a couple tacklers and then just outruns everybody to the pile. Yes, that was like, and it seemed like it happened in slow motion. It was like, oh crap! And I had just got done, and I'm going to eat crow on this one because I had just got done telling Joey and everybody around me, like, why are they not? just leaning forward with Rattler to get those six or seven inches that they need. And they're going to go back to the shotgun. Everybody knows what they're going to do. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. Not when you got, uh, and this comes on the heels of when I told you last week, the source that I talked to and they said, and this was after, it was after case. No, it was before case state when they were like, no, he's going to get some playing time. Just watch. Just yep. watch. And we reported, I said, on uh, the the pregame notes before K-State, and y'all can go check the receipts on this. I said, it'll be interesting to see how many snaps Caleb Williams gets this week because a little birdie kind of told me that may happen. And I waited like right before kickoff to say it just so I didn't piss anybody off or anything like that. And, Yeah. He got snaps. Obviously, he fumbled the first one, had a good screen pass the second one. 
But that same person kind of told me, look, 13 is special. Like, just special. His demeanor, the way he carries himself, the way the team loves him, just everything about him, he just encompasses that special it. And all of that was on full display today. Yeah. Every single bit of it. Yeah. How impressive is it, Brandon, that we are having this conversation about a true freshman at the end of any game, let alone OU Texas? Jay White, Jay White's the last big freshman I can remember. He was, he was a redshirt freshman, but he's the last big freshman I can remember coming in and making a statement. I don't think I, – I wonder if anybody remembers – well, I know they do because that was the day that I remember Al Ashback going on the radio because I was, I was at the game and I remember listening to it uh, because they would always get like one of the frequencies down here to host – so they get, everybody could listen to it from Oklahoma, mm-hmm. from the sports animal. And straight up said, today a star was born. Now, obviously, Jason White ended up having a really good stretch of stretch of games that uh, that season until he blew his ACL out against Nebraska. And they were probably going to beat Nebraska because they were driving down the field at will on Nebraska with him. Just completed a 26-yard pass to Quentin Griffin. Looked like they were going to have a touchdown drive, and he blows his ACL on that drive, obviously. Um, Very next year, he tears it against Alabama. Long story short, that's the last big freshman I can remember coming in and going, in this game, in this particular game. Adrian Peterson had himself a nice performance. But he was already a star at that point because he just went off against Oregon and a couple other teams before that. Yeah, But this was – you're right. That was the game. He went for 225. Yep. 225. The very first – the very first snap with their back up against the goal line, the little fake to uh, J.D. Runnels and the uh, misdirection option, the opposite direction. What did he go, 55, 60, if I remember correctly? Yeah. And then Michael Huff caught him on the sideline. I remember that, yeah. All right. We have – I mean, I'm sure we will continue to ooh and ah over Goodness Caleb Williams' performance. Goodness gracious, A&M, dude. And we're watching in the background God. as A&M just took an early lead on Alabama, so – Props to the Aggies, I guess, for making it a game through one quarter. We'll see how long that lasts. Uh Um, But we need to recognize some other key contributors today for Oklahoma because this win does not happen. Like, Caleb Williams was the key. No question about it. But Kennedy Brooks rushed for 217 yards, which is the most by an OU running back in OU, Texas, since Adrian Peterson in 2004. (laughs) He had more than Adrian Peterson. No, it, Peterson had 225. Brooks had 217 today. Oh, I thought you said 226. I thought you said he had 226. Did you didn't say 226? No, I did not. My bad. My bad. No. So that's correct. My math so yes, sucks again. Kennedy Brooks was huge today and obviously scored the game-winning touchdown on a beautiful play call by Lincoln Riley there at the end of the game. Danny Stutzman. That dude. Danny Stutzman. And we said it. We said it on the board. Danny Stutzman. My goodness. Can I can I read something real like, quick? If Caleb Williams didn't exist, we would all be ooing and eyeing over Danny Stutzman as the greatest true freshman that the University of Oklahoma has ever seen. Oh man, I really hope I didn't. Which is obviously this. hyperbole, but Danny Stutzman made oh, so many big plays man. in this game, none bigger than the sack of Casey Thompson in that fourth quarter. Golly, that he just had a good game. shut down the Longhorns' drive right off the bat there got their backs against the wall up against the shadow of their own end zone 
and forced them to play super conservative on second and third down. They ended up punting it back, and Oklahoma goes right down the field. But that 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 was far from the only play that Danny Stutzman made. He was all over the place, as we've become accustomed to right. with him. But that was one of the plays where you just watch that unfold and you say, okay, that's a kid that's going to make plenty of those kinds of plays over his three, four, five years, however long he is at the University of Oklahoma. Caleb Kelly. Yes. I. How can you not feel so happy for Caleb Kelly, who is now in his sixth year at the University of Oklahoma, has been through the ringer with injuries time and time and time again, and finally, in his last go-round, he gets his moment in the limelight in the Red River Showdown, strips Xavier Worthy midway through the fourth quarter on that kickoff and sets Oklahoma up, where the very next play, Kennedy Brooks goes in, scores the touchdown, and Oklahoma right. has their first lead of the game. Like people don't. I don't think we. How how long was literally how how many minutes of the game was Texas in the lead? I think that's something that isn't talked about. Oh, you led what three minutes the whole game? It was not very much. <laughs> Four minutes, something like that. They led for the final three seconds, obviously. Right. And then they would have led from about the seven minute mark to the one twenty three mark. So. Pfft. Wow. Um, it probably wasn't even that long, but yeah, bar- barely any clock time. Yeah, go it, man. I gotta find. I have got to find this because it's something that I wrote earlier this week, and I said something along the lines of what you were getting at with Danny Stutzman. Yeah. By the way, Danny Stutzman took a lot of snaps today from Deshaun White. He did a lot when they, of snaps when they went to when they. I made a note of that when they went to. Uh, it seemed like when they went to the starters. It was like almost as if they decided Stutzman, and that's something we had discussed privately and a little bit publicly. Yeah. So what did I say about Danny Stutzman? It's right in here somewhere about him bringing a different vibe to uh, – here it is. Yep. DTY and Stutzman are back from everything I've been told. That's big from OU – that's big for OU from an emotional standpoint, getting those two guys back. They bring a different type of edge to the defense that others may not. By the way, OU Pat was back. without Delarian Turner yell for oh, virtually the entire game. One, he played, one he played the first snap, and that was yep. it. Aggravated that hamstring trying to chase down Xavier Worthy <laughs> on the 75-yard touchdown. Yeah. Casey Thompson slung to him in the flat on the very first play of the game. That... And that's something we haven't even touched on. Oklahoma trailed 14 to nothing two minutes into this ballgame. Right. Two minutes. They surrender a 75-yard touchdown on the game's very first play. Michael Turk has the punt blocked. Texas gets set up with first and goal at the two-yard line. And, of mm-hmm. course, they're going to go and punch it in. Oklahoma was in a hole from the get-go. And yet, through Caleb Williams in there, <laughs> that was the equalizer. That was all Oklahoma needed. So, and go ahead. The the last guy that I want to bring up that was huge today, and this is kind of an obvious one, mm-hmm. but he's I he, even though it is kind of obvious, I feel like he's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle as we've talked through all the storylines of this game. If Marvin Mims <laughs> isn't on the field today, 
I, I'm not sure Oklahoma wins because there might not be another wide receiver. There are very few other wide receivers in the country that make the catch that he made right. to tie this football game at 41 late in the fourth quarter. And that was one of several fantastic plays mm-hmm. that Marvin Mims made. Obviously, he was on the other end of the other touchdown that Caleb Williams threw. And he went up and got that other 50-50 ball where Oklahoma was deep in Texas territory and Caleb Williams just put one up for him and he went and got it for a 40-plus yard gain. Right. But you just, <laughs> you know, you know, it's like we've had this conversation before, Brandon. You get the ball in your best player's hands, good things happen. No and way. Today, no we way. We saw Marvin Mims get more balls thrown his way than we have all season. And how does he respond? 169 yards, two touchdowns, and the Sooners come out with a potentially season-defining victory. And that's something we got to discuss, too. Uh, I was going to say two guys defensively that I think played massively as far as just their contributions. And it may not be from a number standpoint, but I, I believe that it is, though. And I could probably think three off the top of my head. And they're pretty much three obvious guys. Perrion Winfrey was huge against the run today. Huge. And the pass rush. He got to Casey Thompson. He he he, he had a sack. And he bothered Casey all night. He made Casey scramble, do things that he wasn't he didn't he made him do things he didn't want to do. Isaiah Thomas. How many Sacks behind the line. I mean, I got to look at it. It's his. as if the Sooners have a really freaking good defensive line, Brandon. You think? It's almost like they're <laughs> good against the run. Gosh, if they could get those issues in the secondary figured out. Oh, Jaden Davis got toasted today. Yeah. Several times. Do we really want to was... go there about that? Because I feel bad. I already I already took my, I didn't, I wouldn't call it a shot. I took my blunt take of the day on him. And I feel bad because he, again, is a great kid. Oh, yeah. And he, you know, he came into the University of Oklahoma and made plays. It's almost as like he has lost his confidence and he's not the same guy because South Florida kids are notorious for having swag. And he's lost that swag that he used to have because he came in, I remember against Houston and UCLA and a bunch of other teams, even Texas in 2019. He just bothered the crap out of everybody. And all of a sudden now he's just lost that edge that he had game in and day game out and and it's not just for one year it was last year as well they miss woody washington so bad and i know people are going to say well what about latrell mccutcheon okay true freshman number one in the biggest game of his life and he got on twitter just after the game and said well welcome to college football haha a win's a win gotta get better though you know like he's acknowledging that he didn't play up to snuff and no he was he was not what you would call superb you're talking about mccutcheon right yes yeah but he made a couple of plays though that were big in the run game like, in the run game yes yes and the, so obviously that doesn't make up he also didn't get picked on quite as much as jane davis it was almost as if they saw four in there and they're like we're going right at him not a whole lot of balls thrown dj graham's way today uh almost zero it might actually have been zero. I, might I, I believe it was because I, we were talking about that. I think meant about it. I know I made a comment about it, and I believe I want to say Al Ashback made a comment about it as well. I, it, it's almost as if all these guys notice all the same thing. But look, 
Perian Winfrey had two tackles for losses, one sack, and three solo tackles. The other two guys I brought up, Isaiah Thomas and Nick Benito, and there's one more I want to talk about as well. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, look, <clears throat> Isaiah Thomas had two tackles for loss, a quarterback hurry, and four tackles. Nick Benito had five tackles, one and a half sacks, one and a half tackles for loss, three quarterback hurries, and five total tackles. This guy, Nick Benito, has started to play like the Nick Benito everybody thought he was going to be. He has been on a mission the last three weeks, just a flat-out mission. I don't know how hot of a take this is, and I know people are probably going to cite homerism on this, but I think Nick Benito has a very legitimate claim to the title of best player in America. He's one of the top. If you look that's, at not, that's, not a, that's not a homer take. I mean, the guy is voted the best pass rusher in college football well, before the you, season here's the started. Thing. Here's the thing. And I only thought of this because I saw a clipping from a press conference with Brandon Staley, the head coach of the Chargers, the other day, where he was talking about how sacks don't really matter. It's pressure rate because sacks are kind of fickle. Pressure rate is an objective measure of how dominant a player is off the edge. If you look at Nick Benito's pressure rate over the last two seasons, he leads the country by a mile, a mile. Like, nobody rushes the quarterback as effectively as this dude. And he's such a problem off the edge that the fact that offensive lines have to account for a guy as dominant as he is opens things up for Isaiah Thomas and Perion Winfrey and Josh Ellison and what have you. Yeah, he's a pretty good player, you think? I mean, the guy, the guy has been in the last... I wouldn't even say two years because would would you even consider last year a year? I mean, honestly, like I would say a year and a half. Okay. He has been quite possibly, like you said, one of the, I would say, I won't know if I'd say top player in college football because I don't know that I could do that with, and I think this year of all years, it's just wide open as far as who's the best player in college football. Exactly. Yeah. But he's up there. I think Isaiah Thomas has a claim to that title as well as being one of the top 10, 15, 20 guys in the country, because you you're talking about, that's an elite thing to say about somebody. I think the way that I look at the Sooners defense right now, I think overall the best player is Nick Benito. The most valuable player is Delarian Turner yell. But I think the guy that has the most long-term NFL potential is Isaiah Thomas, just because of what he brings to the table physically <clears throat> That's a guy that maybe Perrin Winfrey as well. Well, you got to throw Winfrey in that conversation as well. But you just look at you look at Thomas's physique and stature, it and the way that he moves at that size. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. 
For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. It, is, it doesn't take a road sky to tell you, okay, that dude's going to be successful at the professional level for a long, long time. Okay, so here's, here's the other thing. Here's a guy that we didn't talk we we don't talk about because he's been injured, who might be the best as far as overall most versatile guy on the team and might have the best NFL career once he starts to get healthy on a consistent basis. You drawing a blank? You said he's been injured. Mm-hmm. Like this year? Yeah. Who's been injured? I, I just said the word. The key word. Jalen Redmond. Versatile. The key word's versatile. Jalen Redmond. Yeah. That guy may have the biggest upside, in my opinion. Because he can do so many different things. So can Isaiah Thomas. But for me, Jalen Redmond's on another level as far as versatility, athleticism. Both of those. You want to know what those two guys have in common? What's that? They were freak basketball players in high school. And not just freak, like state champion freak basketball players in high school. To the point where Jalen Redmond could have been a Division One basketball player and Isaiah Thomas got looks as well. Like, they are studs when it came to basketball coming out of high school. And getting guys like that with good feet, and I cannot believe what I'm watching right now. This is unbelievable. This can't last, right? This is this is Texas, Oklahoma, right? So Brandon is talking about Texas A and M, Alabama. Yes. A and M's up seventeen to seven now. So, so. this is Texas, Alabama. No, this no is there's Texas, no way Oklahoma, this lasts. Right? Yeah, this there's is no, no way this lasts. lasts. Yeah, and we haven't even talked about the fox that was on the field. I know. <laughs> today, God, folks, there just, was a fox that, on the field today. Uh, today has just felt like an entire week. So it just feels like the Fox incident was so long ago because it happened like three minutes into the game. Right. Right after they were 14-0 and it looked like Oklahoma was about to grab their ankles and just say, no need to use lube. Come on in and finish the game off. I know that's descriptive, folks, but is that not what it kind of felt like the game was going trending to at that point? I mean, trying to shake that that image out of my head. Yeah, things were not exactly looking promising at that point because A, Texas had a 14-0 advantage. B, Texas had all the momentum. C, at that point in time, I didn't think it likely that Oklahoma was going to generate any big plays on offense. Correct. Because based on what we've seen so far this year, this is not an Oklahoma team that has the capacity to generate big plays on offense. (laughs) We were wrong. Alas, turns out all, turns out all you need is a quarterback who can do what Caleb Williams does, which is a lot. Uh, that it's watching him play is special. And I was fielding texts all day after the game because I I didn't have cell service down the field, Brandon. No, so you didn't because I'm over there started. texting. Who's in? Who's out? Who have you noticed? I'm like, oh my god, Parker, you are killing me today because that's usually how we do it. We work as a team. I'll say what I see from the top. And he will confirm it and or add to what I've sent down to him. And that did not happen today. No, it couldn't happen. <laughs> the Cotton Bowl was a black hole today. But as soon as I got up to the press box and finally got onto the Wi-Fi, my phone started blowing up with people who don't watch Oklahoma football, nor are <laughs> Oklahoma fans, just 
random people that I have developed relationships with over the years, some of whom I was, I heard from them and I was just like, you're, you're watching college football, (laughs) (laughs) but people just so thoroughly impressed with Caleb Williams and just going gaga over the guy because of what he did today on the biggest stage of his career, brief as it may have been to this point. The guy is special. Uh, I also want to make note that I I didn't get to see it, so I'm kind of speaking out of turn. I don't know. Maybe you've – have you heard it, seen it, whatever? They interviewed – obviously, it was Holly Rowe – interviewed Coach Riley after the game, and apparently he got emotional talking about Spencer Rattler. Really? Yeah. And some people are upset about his emotional response, and some people aren't, which – well, you got to keep in mind, Lincoln Riley's Thank relationship you. with yes. Spencer Rattler goes way back. He's the first quarterback he ever recruited at Oklahoma. Yes. So. Freshman year. I I can't imagine it was easy for Lincoln mm. Riley to sit Spencer well, Rattler down. He, he admitted that today, that it was very hard. He even admitted during all of the good that was going on that he almost stuck Rattler back in. Which, if that happens, I think he knows that he can't do that. No. I mean, obviously. And that's something we need to... This is a great segue into that that discussion right now, and I can't believe we've been on. I don't know how long we've been talking right now, but it's been 30 minutes maybe, and we have yet to b- touch base on is there any world where Caleb Williams is not the star unless he gets like – I'm knocking on wood here because I would hate to see that happen, obviously. Is there a world that he – is not the starting quarterback at the University of Oklahoma. Uh, th- there TCU. shouldn't be. Like, I I don't know. No, it look, shouldn't. I'm, I'm assuming. Shouldn't and not are completely different things. Look, I'm assuming Lincoln Riley is not an idiot. One's a probability and one's a certainty, what yes. you just said. <laughs> yes. Le- Lincoln Riley has demonstrated that he has a very high football acumen. Right, so I'm imagining he saw all of what we saw today, which is the fact that with Caleb Williams in the game, the Oklahoma offense was firing at a level that we have not seen it fire at for a long, long time. And also, you saw the team and you saw the fan base rally around that guy. You saw him bring an energy to both sides of the football that we hadn't seen from the Sooners yet this year. And you saw the second he entered the game, Brandon, the second he entered the game, every single OU fan in attendance was on their feet and roaring for Caleb Williams. They were. It was they almost as if they wanted Caleb him. Williams. They love him. Well, he's the backup. He's the five star. It was it was like when Jalen Hurts got to Oklahoma. You remember the the cries for Spencer Rattler that were happening by some fans? Rattler wouldn't do this. He would throw the ball better than Jalen Hurts. Okay, maybe he does throw the ball better, but decision-making, feet, intangibles, all of the above, Jalen Hurts. Well, yeah, it's it's kind of, you know, it goes back to the old adage that the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence, right? And I think there was a little bit of that that factored into – that entire situation with the fans chanting for Caleb going back to the West Virginia game and just their general impatience with Spencer Rattler. But I think they also see in Caleb Williams 
a guy that brings something to the table, just physically, objectively, that Spencer Rattler doesn't, which is an ability to impact a game with his legs. You saw that today with the 66-yard touchdown run. And if you think back to the great Oklahoma offenses of old under Lincoln Riley, they've always functioned at their best when there's a quarterback that can create and make plays with his legs. Spencer Rattler is by no means immobile. We're not talking about Shane Illingworth with his feet in quicksand, right? (laughs) Poor dude. But Caleb Williams is a difference maker on the ground. And again, you saw that. It was extremely evident today. He's a threat to keep the ball on the zone read. He's a threat to gash you. He can make guys miss in the open field. And Lincoln Riley earlier in the week, he called that kind of quarterback. He called defending that kind of quarterback, basically dealing with an extra hat. Right. And that naturally, you it would stand to reason whoever's going up against Oklahoma is going to have that much more of an issue defending a guy like Caleb Williams, who has demonstrated that he can really hurt you with his legs. If you give him the opportunity, and Caleb Williams did much of the, his damage with yeah. the arm today. Not- After that 66 yard touchdown, run, I think he only had like 22 more rushing yards the entire game. So he was wheeling and dealing from mm-hmm. the pocket for the most part, but that just goes to show you this guy can beat you any way he needs to. Yeah, and, you know, that that play that, you know, we were talking about the, the quote, quote, no look. I don't know if it was a no look, but she's, from our perspective, it looked like a no look. Throw to Marvin Mims in the corner of the end zone. He probably could have gained the first down and or made it into the end zone and ran that ball in. There was a couple of occasions where he completely could have ran the ball, and he decided to throw it. The, the difference is in those occasions – he completed those passes and they went for a big chunk of yards. So he didn't one, you know, one of them was, you know what one of those plays were. Oh my goodness. I'm watching this back. He did no look that pass. Did he really? Oh, he was staring at Jaden Hazelwood. There you and go. And whoop. Saw it. Yep. Fired it to Marvin Mims. That's what I thought. Oh, beautiful. Sorry. What were you saying? No, <laughs> Sorry, were we podcasting? <laughs> um, no, I'm just uh, still in awe of yeah. what we witnessed. No, it's crazy. Um, no, I was just saying that. Look, one of those plays where he decided. The, I said the difference between Rattler and Williams today, and I, would, I think it's fair to say would probably be most days lately, because Rattler last year was, he wasn't as mobile as Williams, but he had that spark that Williams had last year. Like, yep. Outside of that that small little segment of the Texas game where he got pulled and then he came back in and, and played the way he played the rest of 2020, which created all the hype that ensued during the offseason and a majority of the first part of the season in 2021. Look, Caleb could have ran on a couple of those throws today, one of which – one of which was that one you just discussed, the no look, because he totally could have ran probably into the end zone and or gained the first down. One of the two. The second one was the bomb, the absolute bomb, and the most one of the most miraculous catches I've ever seen in my life by Marvin Mims. Because if you remember, he's running up in the pocket. Do you want to know what that reminded me of? Outside of just the beautiful pass over the shoulder to Charleston Rambo. What's that? Did that not look when he's running 
forward and he goes through everybody and throws it over the top. Oh, that looked like Kyler, Kyler Murray. It was. That it looked, looked like Kyler like Murray. Almost the exact same thing. Also, the play that, which kind of bumped Jalen Hurts up into that Heisman talk when he did the exact same thing against Houston when he ran up and threw that bomb to CeeDee Lamb, just that perfect, beautiful pass. That was, those three plays were eerily similar. They're all three from quasi-running quarterbacks that just so happen can throw. And they're all three quarterbacks that just so happen to have that it factor. Just the irony in all that, by the way. But that play doesn't get made. The difference between Williams' play and those other two is the other two were just perfectly placed balls. I'm sorry. I almost had a that's what she said joke there for a second. And I, you saw my face and you started to like smile. You can't resist, Brandon. You can't resist. He just set himself up. Um, <laughs> but so that one, it was a perfectly placed throw. To an extent, it was as good as he could have gotten in that situation, considering how far down the field it was. It was so much further than anything else. But that catch, I just can't. I just can't get over the catch. Like that catch is just takes it to a whole other level. It is almost as good as the helmet catch, and it is almost as good as it is almost as good in my mind as the. Uh, uh, Oh my gosh, giant. Oh my gosh. I just want OBJ. OBJ. See, I, I go blank on these podcasts sometimes because <laughs> I get ahead of myself. But OBJ's catch, I think it ranks up there just because of the, the toe. The toe. You think about the great moments in the history of this rivalry, too. That'll be up there because we talk about Andre Wolfolk's catch. We talk about DeMarco Murray's tiptoe, Trey Millard's hurdle. Mm-hmm. That Marvin but Mims catch is going to be played on highlight DeMarco's reels for hurdle. years to come. DeMarco's hurdle. DeMarco had a hurdle, too. Yep, By the way, Danny Stutzman tweeted F Texas with a picture attached. The picture is just Kennedy Brooks's uh, headshot with his glasses on. Oh, <laughs> that's not going to last very long. Please screenshot that and text it to me. Thank you very much. <laughs> and then... Did you screenshot it? And then Danny says, or no, and then he changes his Twitter avatar to Kennedy Brooks's 247 headshot. <laughs> I love this guy. He is Brian Bosworth reincarnated. By the way, he literally just tweeted F Texas. He didn't tweet the word. So Yes, thank you for clarifying that, actually. But that's still not gonna last. <laughs> They're gonna look at that. Social media people are gonna go, what are you doing? But I think he needs to keep it up because it really makes, one, the rivalry that much better, too. His brand is him being crazy. Like, everybody knows Danny Stutzman as just yep. a nutbag. Something we also talked about. For us as recruiting guys as well, we get to know them, their families. We get to see their their eccentric sides more often than not before anybody else does. And we get to kind of explain to them, like that whole circle thing, and I tweeted something out like, this is the the demeanor that everybody loves about Caleb. He's just stoic. He's calm. He went over there, celebrated with his team, then went and sat around in the middle of the circle of the security, just kind of get away from everybody to kind of gather his own thoughts and be with himself. And everybody loves him for that because he's never too high, never too low. And people took that as like, oh, that was a weird tweet. You know, how does this show his leadership and all that? He's not even with his team. Wait, he was with his team earlier, like I said in the tweet. Number two, the guy just 
he's just different. Like Caleb's a different guy. And that's something Parker and I know because we've been around him through our covering of recruiting and specifically myself and even Colin, because we went out there and did his commitment stuff. And I went out there and did an expose on him, um, and a kind of a human interest piece on him for two, four, seven and spent three days with him and his family before COVID even hit, like literally right before COVID hit, I had to fly back and every, the world was shut down the very next day when I got back, it was wild. So, I mean, it, it's, it's just different, the relationship that we have with those guys. So we get to see and understand that Stutzman, that right there, that F Texas, that's Danny. That is Danny Stutzman to a T. His dad and Austin Stogner's dad played at Baylor together. His dad is Steve is just, just as wild. He's a wild child too. And they're just great people, by the way, him and his mom, him and his wife are great, great people. But Danny is that guy that, Give zero craps about anything in the world. You know this. I do. You've covered him. I know him. It well. You've covered him. And well, I told the story not too long ago. I don't know if I did on the podcast where he's walking down Lindsay. He's got just a shirt draped over his over his neck. So he's shirtless pretty much, just showing his muscles out, has slides on, talking to some girl, and has these cool man shades that he always wears. And his backpack, and you see Brian Mead yelling at him from across on Jenkins Cross coming from the Switzer Center. And Stutson sees me as I'm walking in the Switzer Center to go to Lincoln Riley's presser. And he stops me, he says, Hey, what's up? And like daps me. And in the meantime of him doing that, Mead is yelling at him, and he proceeds to run across with moving traffic and tells everybody to stop. And you know what they all do? They stopped. And he just waves by at Brian. He's like, see you later. And just takes off into Headington. I was like, that guy is nuts. And Mead walks by me. He goes, freshman. And I'm like, no, not freshman, Stutzman. <laughs> He's like, yeah, true, true. <laughs> I mean, that, I don't know, man. That's just, that's just who the guy is. But he plays like that. No, he, he does. plays like that. He plays He's wild. He's a kamikaze on the field. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. Do you have like a crazy? You've told me a Stutzman story, just crazy. Oh, I mean, he's just everything he does. Like, there, by the time he graduates, there will be you will be able to write an entire book of crazy Danny Stutzman stories. <laughs> it's funny. I was, I was on campus a few weeks. There you back. go. Tell it. Tell it. Tell it. Tell it. Tell it. This is good. <laughs> and you <laughs> know the the Mormon missionaries walk around oh. trying to <laughs> chat everybody up. And no, no, let, let, let's preface this by saying we have nothing against Mormons. No, seriously. of course, like, seriously, obviously, obviously, like, but go ahead. Finish so, it. you know, the Mormon missionaries on campus, they're walking around. They always they try to chat everybody up, get them hooked with five or 10 minutes of just random casual conversation before they start to mm -hmm. share their faith. Right. And I'm walking and I see Danny standing next to these two Mormon missionaries. And he is. How do how do I how do I say this? Dude's just messing with them, <laughs> like because you know Mormons characteristically are typically serious. very serious yeah. people, right? And so they're trying to maintain like this cool, level-headed demeanor, and you know, smile, but do so in like a warm, welcoming, listen to what I have to say type of 
regard. And Danny's just cracking jokes, like <laughs> inviting him in to come and eat dinner in the Headington cafeteria with him. <laughs> I'm like, talking like, hey, we can carb load together. Just <laughs> saying just absurd things. And just, I, I only hear bits and pieces of it as I'm walking past, but I'm just, just cracking up and i i'm pretty sure i texted you right as it was happening yes. i just go oh this is just such classic danny yes no this is it's exactly who he is and OU fans are gonna love him they're gonna love him and he played with that kamikaze attitude today i mean just threw himself around the field and was just i don't know man like he's just he's fun to watch and it was i think we said it a couple weeks ago there will be a time in the next few weeks where Danny Stutzman is starting at linebacker, and here we are. I fully believe that he will be a starter by year. Here we are. A full-fledged, announced with the Yeah, yeah, they haven't starter. done that yet, but he's he got starter snaps today. Yes, he did. Literally took snaps away from and Deshaun And played Lyon. in starter situations. He did, and that's when I made the comment uh, to, to Joey. I said... Have you noticed that every time Awesome is on the field, Stutzman's on the field, and when you look at the front line in front of him, it was now sometimes you would have Ethan Downs in there playing edge or whatnot for Isaiah, but the rest of the guys would be like Co, not Co, sorry, Perian Winfrey and Benito, and I'm drawing a blank who else would be in there right now. It was uh, it, Ellison. Ellison, Joshua Ellison. Thank you. And so, and speaking of another guy, I know I'm totally digressing here for a second, but <laughs> Ethan Downs is playing starter minutes now too, quite a bit. Like the guy is getting a ton and a ton of stats. At one point in time, I want people to understand that getting mad at Oklahoma's recruiting, by the way. Oh well, they don't. They're not. They only had a top twelve class last year. Yeah, well, they had like a ninety two or ninety three average overall per commit, which is like freaking top one hundred kid average. Sixteen, but then they ended up with five literal five star, high four star transfers as well that are just difference makers. But at one time on the field today, more than once on the field, you had Billy Bowman. Stutzman, Downs, McCutcheon, and I'm trying to think of the other one off the top of my head on the defense. That'd be it, right? That would no, be Gilliam. A... Gilliam. I don't think Gilliam played. No, it today, wasn't did Gilliam. He? No, it was four. It was four. It was four. It was those four. It was those four. Those four. Somewhere, it was last week that all those five were on the field at the same time. Um, so yes, that. Not not Stutzman, obviously. So there's four last week too. I keep thinking. And you had Mukes get yeah. some pretty significant. Mukes was snaps. the other one last week. There yeah. it is. Mukes was the last one last week. Was the other one last week. Dang gum, man. I'm mixing I can't believe I mixed Stutzman and Mukes up. Thank you. But yes, so that shows you how talented this freshman class is. It's ridiculous, especially defensively. You got Gilliam in the rotation a lot of the time. You've got Mukes now getting rotational minutes. Look, Billy Bowman is a starter yep. at nickel. Danny Stutzman and Ethan Downs are taking starter snaps over yep. guys that have been there a lot longer and have played a lot of high-quality football at the mm -hmm. University of Oklahoma. That ought to tell you something about it, how just how good these freshmen are. Well, then if you want to go even a step further, you've got Mario Williams 
getting basically starting. He does start on the offensive side. Oh, and by the way, your new starting quarterback is none other than Caleb Williams. I'm not, that's not a report. That's just my guess that he's going to be starting next week. Uh, Are you going to report it? He's starting. (laughs) Yes, but go ahead. Credit me. (laughs) Caleb Williams will be starting next week against TCU. (laughs) (laughs) Parker Thune calls it here first. The most obvious statement and report of all time. But I I just, I can't do that. I can't say he's going to start just because he hasn't announced it, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say, Hey, Caleb Williams is probably your starting quarterback next week. Not probably. I will give it a, there's a 95% chance I'll give it 95%. How about that? Because there's, there's a 5% chance because he loves Rattler. There's not a snowball's chance in hell you sit that guy back down after the game. I understand just that. <laughs> but you're talking about a coach that literally came out and said, I thought about putting him back in. And then he did during a two point conversion. But that two point conversion, they did it because he was the only one that had ran that play. Yeah. Caleb hadn't ran that play before. So. By the way, uh, the deja vu. Oh, yeah. Rattler to yes. Stoops. That's deja vu. Mm-hmm. Rattler gets picked and then fumbles. That's deja vu. <laughs> Rattler gets benched. Also deja vu. There were a lot of parallels between this year's game and last year's game. <laughs> you said Rattler gets benched. Deja vu. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, an asshole comment. <laughs> it's the truth, but it was an asshole comment. <laughs> oh, anyway. No, I just... I. Look, I understand that Lincoln Riley quite understandably has a soft spot for Spencer Rattler. How can a guy like him not? But I also think that a football mind like his understands that at 6-0, and you got to put your team in the best position to contend for a national championship. Mm-hmm. I think Lincoln Riley understands as well as anybody that the University of Oklahoma hasn't won a national championship in 21 years. And this is as good a shot as they've had mm-hmm. up to this point. And so you roll with the guy in my mind that the team has rallied around, that the fan base loves, and that is playing superior football. Right. And I understand that it's going to ruffle some feathers with Rattler and his contingent, but the results speak for themselves. Caleb Williams today was the only reason why Oklahoma was able to make this rally. If you put Spencer Rattler in that situation, Oklahoma probably loses by by double digits. Just because Caleb Williams made some plays that Spencer Rattler, again, no disrespect to him, he physically does not have the capacity to make. And that's just because Caleb Williams is special. I also think Lincoln Riley realizes that if you try to run a two-quarterback system, it's inevitably going to fail. 100%. 100%. Because there's absolutely no way to do that effectively. Nope. You are correct. Well, look, I think we've we've rehashed and hashed over this 55-48 victory, which um, Gabe Burkich is another guy that was huge. High to school record with four yep. field goals. Yep. Huge, huge, huge day. Continues to prove that he is the best kicker in all of college football in the land. And an 85-yard punt by none other than Michael Turk that – He's continued to prove that every time he gets a chance, they're 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 minimal, but he makes the best of them almost every time. And I think he averaged what he averaged almost sixty yards a punt today. He had to have right. Put oh, that he just bombed that one. Well, that it was, was eighty five, but then he had the one. Was that, it eighty five yards? Eighty five yards. My and goodness. it was it was only fifteen yards on the ground too. <laughs> That's a wild part about literally seventy yards in the air. 
Yeah, he's a freak. But yeah, we've rehashed and hashed over this. I do want to, before we close out, um, I have places to be tonight, and Parker does too. And we got post game stuff we have to I finish gotta up. I got to eat, man. I'm yep. starving. Post game stuff <laughs> we have to finish up. Uh, but reminder we're doing a $1 for get you two months through Monday. Just an extension because of OU Texas. And because, and the reason why I say that is because Gabe Dindy. Five-star, number three player overall in the country is announcing between Oklahoma and Texas A&M on Tuesday at 5 p.m., I believe. Uh, I tell you what, if Texas A&M keeps playing like they're playing now, he might have a bit of a I don't even know decision if it's five, I know it's for. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday at some point they're announcing. Uh, so I don't quote me on that time. I believe it's 5, 6, 5, 4 o'clock. I don't know if, what, if that's... If it's four o'clock central, if it's six o'clock central, I don't, I don't know what. It's between four and four and seven o'clock is where I would probably say, if you're an OU fan, to be ready if to see if he chooses Oklahoma and or Texas A&M on Tuesday. The of course, October right 12th. as I right as I said something nice about A&M, Nick Calzada got picked off. So Aggies stay. He threw it right to way. them too. Oh, that was a bad pass. And then obviously. I'm going to announce this on the board at some point, but I think there could be some good news coming in the next two weeks as well. I do. And not just Gentry Williams or Gabe Dindy or anything like that, because obviously they haven't made the decision yet. So I guess I could say it's one of those does two. Does this mean you're taking the Sooners over TCU next Saturday? It does. Uh, good news. I'm taking the Sooners over TCU next Saturday. And good news, Caleb Williams is going to be starting if you're a Caleb Williams fan over Spencer Rattler. That's just another guess, I'm going to say. No, for real, on the recruiting trail, I feel like there could be some extra news coming in the next. I don't want to say. I will say in the next three weeks because I don't know the exact date yet. Um, I just know that there has been some rumblings of some more good news coming to Oklahoma, and I don't want to say it's like this massive, massive get. It's a really good one. I. It is. <laughs> there you go. It is. It's, it's a really so, good get. Yes. So it's got. Uh, granted, if if the if the dates start to change, we will up, update that on OU Insider VIP. But yes, I do foresee. Some extra good news coming Oklahoma's way as long as things are trending in that direction. And I don't want to say what class or what side of the ball or anything like that. That is stuff that I leave for OU Insider VIP. And so I'm just teasing you all a little bit. Um, but, yes, there could be some extra good news coming in the next two to three weeks for the University of Oklahoma. Uh, in particular, I just think it's in the month of October. And, uh, again, if that changes, I will – update everybody on the OU VIP board, but I wanted to give that out there. So you all know you can come find out all this stuff. $1 gets you two months right now, or you can sign up 30% off. OU insider $75 gets you one year. We have grown exponentially over the last four years. Uh, we have now, we have literally, we are literally short of just five times larger than when, we were hired back, this group was hired back in 2018. That shows you how much, and that is also a big thank you, thank you, thank you to you Oklahoma Sooners fans out there. I want to thank you so much for coming on OU Insider. Our board gets wild. It gets crazy sometimes, 
but you get a lot of knowledgeable guys, people that bring inside information that we find out. I mean, the Marcus Major stuff was brought up on our board before we broke it, like literally. And I posted it, I think, around – yes, okay, so this is Sunday, Saturday night. Friday around 4.30, I'm driving down 75 to take my wife to the mall at North Park in Dallas, and we're in dead stop traffic, and I get a text from a source saying, hey, guess who's going to be playing tomorrow? And I knew exactly what it was going to be because we had talked about it earlier in the week. So I'm having to type, and I did not even get a chance to tweet it, but I put it up on the VIP board around 4.45-ish, 4.50, between 4.45, 4.50-ish, um, and then parked. And by the time I parked, everybody else had tweeted out because the source had already told other people. But our VIPers knew it before everybody else, literally knew it before everybody else. And that's just the stuff that you get at OU Insider VIP. A lot of times that we break stuff or say stuff on the VIP board that doesn't ever get out publicly, or if it does, it just trickles out very, very late, and or you all know something's coming. Uh, it's just it's just different. The VIP is different, and we love to have you on there. We've got knowledgeable people that bring stuff up weeks in advance before it happens and allows us to dig on it and confirm it and then obviously report it. So there's, uh, there's members that are really glued in on OU Insider, not just us as insiders and analysts and reporters. So we've got it all, and there's thousands and thousands and thousands. I want to say we're pushing close to six, 7,000 members, something to that extent, and it's awesome. I know we may be shy of – we may be just shy of six right now, but look, five times larger than we were when I got hired. And I think every one of you, we think every one of you, OU fans out there that have helped us become one of the largest 247 sites there is. And it's going to get better. We've got a lot of really cool stuff coming for you guys. We've got some NIL stuff that we're working on right now. Um, <laughs> Parker and I have been diligently working on this coming up with ideas and we've got there is so there is much on the way yeah, much we've to got, be excited we've got a about. cool some one there's a very cool nil deal that we are working on right now with some people i don't want some people i don't want to give it away but it is going to be different than anything anybody else has done and it'll be pretty significant if we can get everything lined up we're working on some things just be patient with us on this. I promise you it is – we aren't just going to do anything. That's something that Parker and I vowed we weren't going to do. We weren't just going to find somebody or anything and do it. We wanted to do it right, and we wanted to do it big if we were going to do it. And thank goodness our producer or publisher and owner, Brian Bishop, has been 100% behind that and continues to be 100% behind that. He has been a big help and helping us stay, stay, he's helped us stay patient, if you will, because we were wanting to do some other things. He's like, no, 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 no. Let's wait for something much better and bigger to come along because we've got to do it big if we're going to do it. And he's right. And so that's what we're going to do. And that's what we're trying to do. So be patient with us. We're trying to work on this NIL stuff and we're going to be involved in it just like everybody else. It's just taking time through us working through obviously sponsors and all kinds it's just it's, it, for what we're doing it's just going to take time i just promise y'all but when it comes together and we hope it does here in the next few months 
we hope that it's everything that you all enjoy and more promise i hope this i we really do but nonetheless oklahoma won 55 to 48 over the texas longhorns in the best most exciting most exhilarating ou texas red river shootout showdown whatever you want to call it that Parker and I can never remember, and that Man, comes on the game had it all. We thought last year had yeah, it, all. it comes on the heels of 2020. And I mean, hey, look, and I think it's only going to get better with Sark and Riley going at it because I think they're going to bring in dudes. They're going to have quarterbacks. It's not going to be a, it's not going to be a one team as a quarterback thing anymore. Casey Thompson can ball, folks. <laughs> that dude can ball, and he's going to be around. He's got another three years, so. We'll see. We'll see how long that lasts. And obviously, Sarkeesian is going to recruit at a high level at the quarterback as well, just like he's done at every other place that he's been to, USC, Washington, Alabama. He's done it and brought in some big-time names. Um, but, yeah, $1, two months, where you could go 30% off, $75 gets you a whole year, which means you will get all the way through the second week of October in the 2022 year, which means spring, both national signing days, halfway through the 2022 season, all the way through all the visitors and everything for the 2022 class that is coming up, 2023 class, excuse me, that's coming on and already number one in the country and looks to be adding more and more here in the future. All right, that's going to do it. Parker, you got anything else? I got nothing else, Brandon. I will I will post a lot of photos later tonight yes. because there's only so much that we could And you got your highlight video. Oh, we'll have the video. Oh, folks. Again, there's only Whew. so much. And I tell you what, being down there on the field at the Cotton Bowl today, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have temporary hearing loss for a while because it w- legitimately the loudest environment I've ever been in. Right. That's not just sports related. Yep. The loudest environment I've ever been in. So those highlights will be really cool. And there's only so much that we can do to encapsulate everything that transpired today in words. Yep. So we will show it to you. Yep. It is amazing. He's got video coming of all the highlights uh, and it's field level. So you get the atmosphere and Parker does it better than everybody else. He's amazing at it. Our, our, our members love this feature, love this feature. Uh, you get to see it on the field. You get to see the sights, the sounds, the loudness, the just just the environment, the, the feeling of exuberance and failure that some of these guys go through. And he brings it to you all in a short 15-minute video that and sometimes not even that long i mean it's just it's just whatever needs to happen in that game but it's an amazing amazing feature that parker does and obviously we have all the insider notes coming through our sources through the interviews we're going to have videos from all the interviews that we did today it's all coming OU insider plus leading up into the tcu the coverage of gabe dindy's announcement on october 12th which is tuesday uh gentry williams on the 18th uh kansas game whatever we've got it OUinsider.com VIP, free and paid, paywall. We got it both. We are very versatile on OU Insider, and we take pride in that very much so. All right, that's going to do it for the OU Insider Under the Visor Sooners Postgame Podcast. I'm Brandon Drum. That's Parker Thune. Thank you so much. You all have a blessed night. Oklahoma beat Texas 55-48. to We'll see you all later.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.